Hello and welcome to The Encounter, the radio outreach of True Vision Christian Community. Join us for online worship Sundays at 12 o'clock p.m. on Facebook and YouTube. You can learn more about us at www.truevisionlakester.org or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also contact us by phone at 740-277-1780 or by email at admin at truevisionlakester.org. We pray you are blessed by today's broadcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Encounter. I am Bishop Casanova Green, lead pastor of True Vision Christian Community, and I am excited that you have chosen to join us today to hear a mighty and powerful word from God. So rather than going with our current service, we're going to go all the way back to 2021 to a powerful message entitled, Don't Push Me. So I pray that you are blessed by the word of God today. Than I ever expected. Turning around for me. Y'all might as well stay there. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, you done given us a taste of our future. You have given us a taste of our future. The sound of this house a sound of deliverance, a sound of warfare, a sound of breakthrough, a sound of praise and a sound of worship. Now, Lord God, you have set us up for something even bigger. So, Lord, I pray that as this word comes forth, that you speak through me. You've given me this word. You've encouraged me with this word, even in this, everything I've, I've dealt with. But I pray that what you have spoken to me comes out to them. And we give you the glory and praise, God. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to be quick. Yeah. Is that going to make me sing? I can't sing. I'm going to try to put this on the podcast. <laughs> So we've been in this series called You Can Catch These Hands. Now I know that sounds a little hood, a little violent. I done got, I done got a little, little hood on you, Elric, since the last time you saw me. So previously in this series, the first message was, it's a trap. And we talked about how um, our journey is a long game and the short games keep us in cycles. So we broke the cycles on the first message. The second message was Sister Lot Syndrome. And Sister Lot suffered from bitterness. See, 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 Brother Reuben spoke a good word today. That, that, you know, you can't get stuck. She got stuck in her bitterness. All because she turned back. God done, God done meteor struck your past. Don't look back. Don't, don't, don't look back. And then the last message was Secretary Bird. Sometimes we can soar like eagles. Sometimes we can settle like doves, but then there's those times when you got to pick up your feet and stomp on them snakes. So I had two scriptures, but we're only going to live in one. I might mention the other. We're going to make this quick because we're about to go to a whole nother level. I have been a worship leader literally the majority of my life. I have been in ministry 
since I was nine years old. And this journey, this process has not been easy. A year ago, I sat in this very spot. And I revealed my secret sin. And I didn't do like other people did. And just went on about business. For the request of God and my wife to forgive me. And I didn't want to take those six months off because you have to understand that my life has been ministry. But I never ministered to myself. And the beauty of that six months was that I learned about the goodness of God. Check one, two. My mic keep going out. I got his own mind. But you know what? We're going to work it out in Jesus' name. I learned how to praise God in the most difficult place of my life. And praising God is not just about what you see on Sunday. It's about what happens when you leave that parking lot and then when you come back the next week. That I had to get reacquainted with the concept of praise, not as performance, but as purpose. And here's the thing. I could talk about the story of Gideon when he had the 300 and, he had, and, he, they were in, and their, their enemies were in the valley and God said, get up, get, get pots and horns and stand around them and, get, and, and, and begin to cry out and confuse your enemy. We could have talked about that. We could have talked about the song of Miriam. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. I will sing unto the Lord. The horse and the rider have fallen into the sea. We could, we could talk about that. But I want to talk about David. 2 Samuel 6, 12 through 22. And to give you some, some more grounding into this, that the Ark of the, the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Lord was being returned to Jerusalem. Before this, somebody touched the Ark and they died. If you're not clean, you're not supposed to touch that Ark. And King David was leading the procession. And we're going to start here. Now, King David was told, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might while he and all of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sounds of trumpets. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and the fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. That he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person and the whole crowd of the Israelites, both men and women. And all the people went to their homes. 
When David returned home to bless his household, Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler of the Lord's people Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this. And I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls she spoke of, I will be held in honor. And I will become even more undignified than this. And I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls she spoke of, I will be held in honor. Let me give you some clarity because people have taught this story wrong. David did not dance himself naked. He danced out of his priestly garments. He was fully covered, y'all. Amen? Amen. Professor, am I, am I talking right, Professor? That he danced out of his priestly garments before the Lord. Why am I using this text for the message, don't push me? Because when, when Michael challenged his praise, he said it eloquently, but I'm about to say it for real, for real. Don't push me because I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. Don't push me. Don't try me, woman. Because I'll take it to a whole nother level. The thing that we have forgotten, and something that we have to learn, especially in the season that we are about to walk into as a church, is that they might talk about the praise. But they don't understand the fight and the victory behind it. Like, literally, people, I, I, True vision and lost their mind. Pastor running around, pastor on the video running around, singing and praying over folk, and they dancing and jumping up and down. Because you don't understand the fight and the victory behind the praise. That when the Ark of the Covenant was being brought back, it was being brought back from their enemies. Because here's the thing. The people, the, the Israelites' enemies try, always like trying to take the ark, but since they were impure, they will always get jacked up. The Philistines took it once. And they all ended up getting hemorrhoids. They tried to pray to the hemorrhoids. And the hemorrhoids were like, and, the, and they like gilded the hemorrhoids and prayed to them, like, are y'all gonna help us out? And they realized, hmm, this ark that we have that is captured, we might want to take it back. When they took it back, hemorrhoids stopped. People fail to realize the fight that you have that 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 comes with a praise. Because you ask yourself, I've been asking myself all weekend this question: how can you praise God at a time like this? How can you praise God when the movers cancel? And you have to force the you are like, okay, let's get this, this truck and move. Because some folk would be like, blah, 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 blah. how can you praise God at a time like this? How how can I praise God when I was at the brink of losing it all? How can I glorify God? But, but it's because he sus 
sustained me. We forget that in the midst of everything that we go through, God sustains us. David understood this. That's why when the presence of God entered its rightful place, he began to praise and dance before God because there was a fight and a victory behind that praise. And his wife, you tripping. I don't know why you dancing like this. I can take it a whole step higher. Don't push me. Don't, don't sit here. Don't, 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 don't write a check you can't cash. Because that's a regard that delivers. In the times that you go through in life, instead of curling up in a ball and falling apart, rather than yelling at God, Praise him. What does it mean to praise him? When you praise him, you are, you are speaking of his greatness. That yes, you're stuck in this place. You're stuck in this situation. You are fighting for your life. But God has set, God has done so much that he is faithful to his word. He will still provide. He will still heal. He will still deliver. And if we come into this thing with that mindset, if we come into to the house of God with that mindset, when we come at our, get our tripping kids with that mindset, when we come to the boss that's getting on your last nerves with that mindset, you, you, the situation's there, but you know a God that is bigger than the situation. And yes, there's a fight, but there's also a victory. So if I'm jumping up and down like I lost my mind, it's because I remembered the past 365 plus days of my life. That I remember laying on the couch after not eating for four days, being afraid that I lost it all. I remember dealing with the difficult night's sleep of, 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 you know, dealing with the diagnoses, dealing with all these things. But I thank God that I can sit here a year later and say, don't push me because God's been that good. So, so, so what does this have to do with catching these hands? That, that, that praise is a weapon. I told y'all about the story of Gideon. That praise confuses the enemy. That, that if you look at biblical warfare, the tribe of Judah was sent out first. They were the drummers and the horn players because the sound prepared the way for the battle. We have watered down praise to a genre or a speed. But it has not become our personal practice. And what you saw tonight, I'm serious, what you saw tonight is a glimpse into our future. That in the middle of praise and worship, I will come off this stage and I will start praying and laying hands on folk. Because sometimes it can't wait till the word comes. Because you have to fight if it's your praise to get a victory. You have to fight. You're going to have to get ugly. You might have to run around this church. You might have to jump. They might not understand why sister going off in that corner. It's not because she has a victory. She's fighting something. And she took a lesson from Secretary Bird that the God of peace will crush Satan under his feet soon. I'm going to be good because I'm losing my voice. I got to be good. That, that we have 
to understand that, that, that we have to begin to speak well of God, even in the valley, lessons from the valley, that, that the valley is a place of preparation to climb the mountain, that you sometimes have to get, you're going to have to open up your mouth and thank God in a thankless situation. You're going to have to open up your mouth and thank God when, when, when your husband is acting a hot sizzling mess on the platter. You're going to have to praise God when they said it was terminal, but I know a God that can change a diagnosis, that we have to be, we have to realize that our praise is a weapon of warfare and power. Thank you, baby. That our praise is a weapon of warfare and power and not just a song speed, not just a genre, not just what an artist does, not just what the worship leader tell you to do. That it comes from the inside of you and becomes manifested on the outside. So, so, so excuse me in, over, the, if, over the next year that I get ridiculous. Excuse me if I lose my mind because I have learned to use the weapon that God has blessed me with. I've learned. And God has blessed this church to be a place of praise and worship. We're going to give God his due. I know Norman Mindy said one of the first things I liked about this church is that we don't rush praise and worship. Yes, I know the service says hour and a half, but if the Holy Ghost said go over, guess what? We're going over. If I don't end up preaching, guess what? I ain't preaching. There have been some Sundays where I said, did you get your praise and worship in the car? Yes, good. Open your Bibles because I got to take my time. Y'all seen me do it. I got to take my time today. Let me get two songs. Yep, I got to take my time today. <laughs> but when you leave here, I need you to understand. I'm gonna, and I'm going to reveal something in this, that God has revealed to me in the spirit. That that we are dealing with a city that is that is under a heaviness and under under a, an oppression, and the praisers have been silenced. That that the praisers, the people who are willing to extol God, no matter what it takes, have been silenced because of convenience, because of frustration, because that don't fit the program. You don't understand that the, that the person who's been waving that flag and dancing all up and down your sanctuary has been an intercessor for your entire church. And, and it gets, uh, it's time for us to get to a point where, yes, you might not like my praise, but my praise is protecting your, your flock. That my praise is what's keeping me alive. My, that praise is what's keeping me sane. So don't push me because I'll get worse. Don't push me. Don't at me. Don't, don't try to fight me because you're going to see another level. Because I know a God who has carried me through hell and back. And I, he deserves all of my praise. All of it. Everybody say all of it. So the second scripture was Acts. And it's the story of Paul and Silas that Paul and Silas were, were ministering to this slave girl who was a fortune teller. It's, um, and pull up the scripture for me, trying. It's the next one. That, that she, they were ministering to a young girl who was a fortune teller. And then she got money for her people. And then she, got, she was walking around talking about, oh, oh, they the men of God. They, they blessed by the Lord. They, they keep going, keep going, because I'm, I'm summarizing because I, I got to get to the park because I, I need to get y'all home. Keep clicking, because um, I got to get them home. And then she said, she kept this going. I'm going to keep reading the scripture. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. 
At that moment, the spirit left her. Let's keep going. When her owners realized that her hope of, their hope of making money was gone, they paycheck left. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and they are throwing our city into an uproar. By advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Y'all ready? Go to the next scripture. The next scripture, because the screen said, I retire from the game of scripturing. All right, I got you. Mm -hmm. Yes, Lord. And verse 25 that didn't get put on the screen says this, and at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, if I say suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors were flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. That Paul and Silas you have to understand that had they stayed in that prison, yes, they got beat, beat up bloody, but had they stayed in their prison because Christianity was illegal according to Roman law, it was until 300 AD, everybody's like, Constantine's like, guess what? Everybody, Christian, all y'all saved, everybody's safe now. But, but before all that, 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 the way Christianity was seen as a fringe extremist group. So, so they, were, they, they got beat and thrown in jail, but if, had they stayed in the jail, it, it would have got worse. So rather than staying in the situation like some of us would have, they began to pray and sing hymns, sing praises to God. They said, all right, you can beat us, don't push us, guess up. I, my, I might be chained up a hand and foot, but my mouth ain't chained up. And because they, when they, be, they prayed and sang praises to God, and God set them free. I need people to understand that, that, that we can no longer sit in silence and let the enemy chain us up. And we think because our hands and our feet are bound up or we're stuck in a situation. Let me talk to you real quick. Because you're stuck in a situation, you're going through something, you're dealing with something, that, that everything, everything possible is trying to hold you back. In fact, it was probably a fight for you to even get to church this afternoon, let alone tonight. But I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, if, it, if, if they chain up your hands and they chain up your feet, you still got a mouth. That if that they can't shut you up, you, you have been created and called to declare the goodness of God. And as you open up your mouth, your situation is going to shift. And the, and, and the reason why it's like, Pastor Cass, why are you telling me? Because people have trained you to stay silent. But guess what, baby? You, cannot, you can no longer be silent. And if they keep trying to cry, you say, don't push me. I can get worse. Don't push me. I'm going to get louder. I'm going to decree and declare the goodness of God over my life. 
I'm trying not to tune up because I'm trying to get us out of here on time. That the biggest that we have to stop, sometimes it's good to whisper, but sometimes you got to holler. And the direction, the reason why we went from a culture of sharers to you can catch, we went on nice and fluffy with a culture of sharers to, to you can catch these hands because the season, God's hand is on True Vision Christian community. That God is doing something in this church that this city has not seen before. And the beauty of this thing is that we are going to face opposition. So the question is, instead of doing what you did at your last church, instead of doing what Instead of doing and acting as you did in the past and what you have done, instead of letting the enemy run roughshod over your household and over your family, pray and praise until something happens. And after, the, after that thing happens, the next step you need to do is keep praying and praising because there's, a, there's more to the story. And now we are moving into a season of healing and deliverance and breakthrough through the concept of our worship. So don't push me. Some of the old folks say, I got something for you. Don't push me. My praise is my weapon. Don't push me. Heard Karen Clark's here say, don't worry, I'll shout in your face. And will. Don't push me. Do not accept a defeat that, that you think belongs to you. God. Speak well of him. It might look crazy, but you need to do it. Amen. The next time you go to church and you lift your hands up and somebody looks at you like, see, see, here we don't do that. We just let you do whatever. But if you go to church and you lift up your hands, why are you lifting your hands? Because God's been that good. Don't push me. I'll jump. I'll lift and jump. Don't play. Don't play with me. I'll lift, jump, and clap at the same time. Don't play. Because my praise is both a fight and a victory. We'll make this last point, then we won't go home. Do you know why indigenous cultures dance? If you look at indigenous cultures, or cultures in general, there is some form of dance. America is kind of like, we, we like, we um, still, everybody shine. Oh, I like that dance, I'm going to take it. If you look at other people, other cultures, there is some form of dance. If you look at indigenous cultures, that means our Native American brothers and sisters, our, our, um, our, our Pacific Islander tribes, African tribes, there is some form of dance. Why do they dance? Because their dance tells a story. Did y'all know that? Their dance tells history. Their dance tells ceremony. They don't have to talk, they just dance. Why, why am I preparing you for this? I told you tonight was a glimpse into our immediate future. So if you see somebody dancing, woo, if you see somebody dancing, it's because they're telling you the goodness of God. And the Lord just told me that, that there's, going to be, there's going to be such a freedom in this house that the worship leaders were not going to say, you need to get up and praise God. I don't do that in the first place. I'm not doing spiritual tie for nobody. Um, 
But as, as God continues to shift this house, you're going to see a freedom hit this place. Thank you for joining us for today's broadcast of The Encounter. If you'd like to hear this message in its entirety, as well as our current messages, search True Vision Christian Community on your favorite podcast app and listen for free. If you'd like to support our ministry financially, you can give online at www.truevisionlakester.org or by mail at 117 West Main Street, Suite 110 E, Lakester, Ohio, 43130. We hope you join us online Sunday at noon or next week right here on your local station. Go in peace, knowing that you're loved.